Episode 457 of Drunk Desert Podcast. As always, I'm Tyler. And join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Dude, Extra Life is coming pretty damn soon. I'm excited. The work week is finally done and over with. I got a couple days off. And on top of that, man, it's like, I'm happy basketball season's in full bloom because... Mm very happy with the way the Golden State Warriors have oh. started out. I love the way Steph's the trash already the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Steph's already in like almost like post he's almost in like mid-season form in the first two games of the season, which is so hilarious, dude. What's what kind of gets me, man, is like with that win against the Lakers and stuff like that, that after game interview that he had and stuff like that where he got a triple double and he tells the mm tells the interviewer it's like man i play like trash today i'm like what <laughs> and then the next game he drops 45 yeah yeah he fucking drops 45 man it's like that only stefan curry could say that getting a triple double is like he felt like he tried like trash <laughs> yeah. but uh man yeah yeah man just watching the lakers get trashed like that man that was that was fun yeah and uh but uh, other than that man it's like i feel pretty damn good i yeah, honestly, I feel like that, uh, I kind of honestly feel like I'm going to probably finish a few games before too long, nice. but yeah. at the same time, and it's like, it's the same old, same old type of thing where I'm just trying a little bit of games here and there and stuff. I have been playing like maybe two games total, but we can get into that a little bit later though. But how have you been doing, Tyler? I'm hanging in there, buddy. I am that, um, motivational poster you see. The cat hanging from the tree branch. It just says hanging in there above it. That's that's me right now. Uh, just, uh, you know, work's getting hectic, getting crazy. So, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm, like a, I'm crawling right now. But uh, doing okay, you know, otherwise. Uh, just had a nice little gathering with some friends. Haven't seen a lot of them be- since before COVID, so that was nice. To hang out and get together, have a couple drinks, and, uh, you know, just shoot shit and catch up with everybody, see how they're doing. So, uh, yeah, but I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. Like, I'm just, you know, I, I look forward to uh, Extra Life coming up in two weeks now. Um, it's crazy to think that it's so close. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, A, because it's Extra Life. And then, B, it's I got a four-day weekend. And, oh, boy. You know, those first two days will be lost um, to Extra Life, which, I mean, it's still going to be fun, still be a good time. But the, the recovery prospect will take a couple days, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be nice to just be able to relax, get the mind and body right, and then at least have a short week coming out coming out of it. So, now yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I just you know, uh, unlike Gables here, I've just haven't had a lot of free time this week to uh, to really play, really do much of anything. So uh, I did play a little bit of a, a game today, but um, kind of just waiting. It's funny though, like I, I've had been really good about not having a backlog for a long time now uh, a good chunk of this year and i've like or i've like crept up now to like now i have like five or six games in my backlog so mm. um it's too bad there's not like some big long gaming event coming up for help me catch up on it uh anytime soon um but yeah other than that though i'm doing all right you know i'm just uh came back you know had a few beers so i'm just drinking some water right now some good old h2o gotta yeah. you know hydrate myself here i've i've i've, I've had my two trentas 
a Starbucks today. Not not back to back. I had one in the morning and then I had one <laughs> this evening. So I, I broke it up over like ten hours. So I'm pretty um, sure you'd be jogging a marathon if you drank two trenches in a row. <laughs> right. I I could just probably I just probably just take a nap. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm doing okay. But uh, that is not why we're here. And oh, I, you know, speaking of extra life, I almost forgot. Uh, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, if this is your first time joining us, well, thank you first off. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. But um, if, if you know, if you've been here for a while, you already know what's about to happen. But uh, it's important to us, so we're gonna talk about it. So, Extra Life is coming up November sixth. If you don't know what it is, it is a 24-hour game marathon that Gables and I do every year. This will be my tenth. This will be Gables' ninth. I believe this yep. will be the twelfth overall of Extra Life. Um, what we do is we play games for 24 straight hours. Uh, it's typically the first Saturday of November, but you don't have to do it on that day. But you don't have to do it 24 straight hours. But that's that's game day. That's kind of the overall premise of it. Um, and we raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, all the money that we raise, people donate to us. All the money we raise goes straight to the ho- hospitals, 100% of it. Um, the, the cool thing is about it is when you sign up, if you want to sign up, go to extra-life.org. Um, you can pick any hospital that you want to in, in the United States or Canada. So, uh, and then just, you know, share with your friends, family, coworkers, whatever. If you uh, possibly can, like some works will actually like match donations sometimes. So that could be a cool thing. You can talk to your work and then they can do a thing and donate to them so they get a tax write off. And, you know, we raise more, more, more money for these uh, sick kids out there. We're going to help those big, beautiful kids out there. So, especially right now, the last couple of years, they can use it more now than ever. So, uh, if no you want to do that, um, go there, check it out. If, if you want to donate to us, that's awesome too. Uh, I'm Tyler Courtney on there. We have Gables, uh, Gabe Bagno. If you don't want a bag, mm-hmm. just say no. Um, yeah. Still my all time favorite thing you ever said. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, check that out. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, like I don't even care if you de- donate to us or not. Just like, just spreading the word. If you sign up or you tell somebody, they sign up and they tell other people and they sign up and fifteen more people signed up are raising money even better. But yeah, it's it's a great thing. They, I think, I think, good chance. I, I don't. Uh, they're gonna break. I, they probably already have the hundred million total uh, raise mark probably this year. I think they're in like the nineties right now. So, wow. I think, well, you, you know, every year they break the record. I think last year they hit like 13 million, uh, which is incredible break of that record, but also in the COVID year when, you know, everybody was struggling. So, um, yeah, check it out, please. It's a cool thing. Two weeks, November 6th. Um, like I said, you don't have to do it on November 6th. You don't have to do it for 24 hours. Some people break it up. They do four hour chunks every day or across the month or do 12 hour chunks, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you can do. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's a cool thing. Please check it out. Uh, but Gable's, we're here to talk about video games, uh, and there's actually quietly been a pretty crazy amount of news this week. Um, Absolutely, I, I felt like it's the last few weeks. It's felt like oh man, we should talk about, and then it feels like Wednesday, Thursday rolls around, and just blah, bunch of shit happens. So um, I want to start off with this one. I don't, I don't know if this is a big story. I don't know if like this is a big deal to do a part of the interruption PTI take for uh, you know as it celebrates its 20th anniversary. Yesterday, one of my all-time favorite TV wow. shows on ESPN. Um, big deal, no no deal, little or a uh, big deal, no deal, little deal, um, kind of thing here. Splitter Cell allegedly is in production. Uh, Ubisoft uh, is obviously the owner of the IP. Uh, Splinter Cell has been kind of like a dormant franchise for. I think the last game to come out was like 2013. I heard. I, I guess it was a, a pretty good game. It just didn't. It was like a kind of came and went i don't think i think michael ironside wasn't like the 
character he wasn't the main character in this one um but allegedly it's back in production it's fairly early on but there's a chance we might see it next year and i guess there was like a uh this is like video game chronicles came with the original report and then games beat had a different report going on about how they kind of so they actually mentioned it earlier this year that there was like a like a i can't think of the word but like a a alpha of early development alpha of like testing out like a hitman style uh ubisoft like a ubisoft ubisoft made a hitman game mm-hmm. kind of thing that was super early development they're just testing it out um and that was like a thing i was talking about earlier in the year but there was nothing tied to it and now some people are wondering if maybe that is a Splinter Cell game or that got turned into a Splinter Cell game because, um, you know, it's been it's been a long dormant franchise and just, you know, people have been pushing for it for a long time. We had a, I felt like we had a lot of them in the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era. And then no, it kind of wrong. Yeah, and it kind of slowly faded in the early 360 PS3 era. And then I think we had one at the end of that generation. And then yes. we had, it skipped the entire last generation. I don't know. It was like, I was like that dumb shitty fanboy where like it felt like you were either Team Metal Gear or Team Splinter Cell, so I just never played Splinter Cell. <laughs> um, I think I, I rented it one time on GameCube, but like I it was like that hate rent where I had to like play it so I just so I can say I didn't like it kind of thing. So it went with the wrong, but I was like I, don't, I was a douchey teenager. So um, I don't know. It was like you know what, what's your overall feelings and thoughts about possibly you know uh, Splinter Cell making a comeback. Okay, so for Splinter Cell, for this, I would actually say this is kind of like a little deal. Like, not like a lot of, uh, I don't really have too much, like, added confidence inside of this thing right at this moment in time. I mean, for one, it's a good thing that we're hearing rumors of potential, like, development for a new Splinter Cell game. I mean, hell, this is a franchise, this is a set of fans inside of this game series and stuff that have been waiting diligently for years for another entry of the series in order to like unleash the last major one i can remember is a splinter cell conviction back around 2012 which was a 360 and pc game only oh okay and uh, that was a deviation from the initial like formula that they were going beforehand because with the splinter cell series from this on you know for the uh GameCube, Xbox, and PS2 generation, there was a trilogy of games that came out, I believe, on each system, you know, with the original, with Pandora Tomorrow, with, with like, Chaos Theory and stuff. From my initial experience with the franchise, I tried playing the original Splinter Cell. It's definitely one of those retro, like, type of uh, stealth-based games and stuff to where you can be equally punished if you do a lot of stupid mistakes early on, which... Teenage Gables made a lot of stupid mistakes early on and got himself completely annihilated and disinterested fairly quick. But the biggest caveat, I I think that one of the biggest fun things that I had while renting that game from my local video rental store back in the day is I had, I literally had the little adapter that you plugged into the uh, GameCube. Oh yeah, the Game Boy the, one. The yeah, I actually have. Oh, I still has it. Jesus Christ. I still have it inside my little drawer right here. So. For too. our audio listeners and stuff, I'm holding up like this Nintendo GameCube cable, which could connect into the back of like a Game Boy Advance or like a Game Boy Advance SP, plug it into your GameCube port and stuff, and it would allow you to have access to a certain certain content inside of specific games. One of them one of them included the original Splinter Cell. And basically what it did is it act it acted as a second screen for you to see the map actually on the T like on your Game Boy Advance. 
Which are you, at are you that could, time, or you could throw bombs as Tingle. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That was another. That was another feature. Waker. <laughs> or if you really want to get really obscure, you could actually use it for like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles as well. Remember that. And yeah. uh, yes, but uh, going back, going back then, and then transferring to now, where it's like Splinter Cell, con- like. Uh, Conviction was the last major game in that series. There has been like mobile games came out since then that people have been really disinterested in. But uh, honestly, I really want the fans of uh, the Splinter Cell series to get another game in the in like the franchise that's actually fun to play without it being like heavily like Ubisoft dies. That Ubisoft filled. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much like that Ubisoft formula to where they have this distinct type of setup, like open world, this and that. You know, it's just the same old shit, only different skin and different type of, uh, you know, different type of like environment that they gotta go through and explore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's definitely one of those things where like people have been pushing for a long time to have a have you know Splinter Cell come back, but it's like you always hear people talk about it's like, it's like yeah, I get why you want it, but it's like, do you want Ubisoft? this era of Ubisoft to make it because it would be a, a completely different game. But we, I mean, we still see Ubisoft do some weird stuff with their games. Like, I mean, we get the Mario plus Rabbids games. We get, yeah, uh, we're getting the Riders Republic. We get the snowboarding, the winter one. Like they still do oddball shit every now and again, but like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go, but I also like, maybe like, I guess what if it's just a remake? Cause you know, we hear about like, you know, like Capcom obviously is like, with Resident Evil brought really brought back Resident Evil with 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 seven and eight, but also with two and three remakes. But like, Absolutely, and you look at yeah. EA is like, oh shit! Like, you know, EA brought back Dead Space because of that. You know, we, now we see like remakes squaring it with fucking Final Fantasy seven shit like that. Like, I mean, these great games that if you modernize them, and obviously you got you can't just make one to one remakes. You got like you know they're doing they're doing really great jobs with these remakes, but yeah, like. We just remade the original Splinter Cell. Like I'm sure that would do great and make it a lot easier for a new fans game. I thought Fanbyte, uh, the it's a, a video game website, had the perfect headline where they said, uh, "Famous uh, guest character finally gets his own game." <laughs> Talking about Splinter Cell, which I thought was fucking Sam hilarious. Fisher. Yeah, Sam Fisher. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious because yeah, I was like, I'm sure a lot. Of, there's probably a lot of gamers out there because I mean, it's cra- it's crazy to think that like, you know, it's like I it's funny when I you know I've, I've talked to people that are like early 20s or you know eight to ten years younger than us and it's yep. like i remember like talking to somebody uh about when then when mass effect remastered the the, re, the collection got announced i was talking to a couple people about it. i was like i that game's old or like oh I, I i was like you know 11 when that game came out it's like imagine like there's a whole gen there's multiple generations essentially of you know consoles so that means therefore kids that just that were literally children or babies when these games came out and like we're in yep. its heyday and then like yeah they had that last little come out at the end of uh, the 360 generation and it's like i'm sure they you know that no one really bought that and i the, a very small pocket of splinter cell fans bought that game yeah uh so i don't know i mean i'm excited it's one of those things where i'm excited for them uh and i would i'm, I'm totally pumped for it like i would love to have an you know, it's like since Metal Gear, it's funny, like, you know, Metal Gear has to die for Splinter Cell to come back, I guess. But, uh, you know, like there's a big void now in that world. And it's like, you know, because that was the big argument back in the day between Metal Gear and 
uh, Splinter Cell. Like that was like Splinter Cell was essentially made as a you know because Metal Gear is so popular. Ubisoft made the Splinter Cell. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pumped for it. I would be excited for it. And you know with Sam Fisher and I think it'd be awesome to, if they did a remake or just kind of rebooted it and uh, you know a Hitman style like that could totally work. And like if they could. The, because the problem is, like, yeah, you talk about, like, it being Ubisoft. It's, like, Ubisoft games is so weird. It's kind of, like, in a way with, like, my complaint about Nintendo games where, like, they technically make really great games. They just, there's, not, there's like, oh, they're always, like, the games are technically very fun to play, really easy to pick up, a lot of fun. There's just, like, not a lot of content to make you come back. And the problem is, like, Ubisoft is kind of the, like, not in the, op- I should say the opposite, but, like, their biggest problem is like there's some fun stuff in there, but it's so buried in all of the content that it's like it's so hard to like get to. Or it's like Nintendo, like like I said, Nintendo's the opposite. Where it's like I'm having so much fun, I just wish there was more for me to do in it. And this is like right. I'm having some fun, but there's just too much shit to do in this. You know, it's like yeah. So I I hope it works out because I think it'd be I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I can I do share the same sentiments and stuff. If there is a new Splinter Cell game, it better not have like a lot of unnecessary crap in terms of like say extra side missions that nobody gives a shit about, or yeah. just so much excessive of like the fluff, a specific like about a fluff and stuff that's going to deter people from wanting to play the game itself. Because mm. that's one of the major problems of like certain Ubisoft franchises, like Assassin's Creed, that are touted to be like these main sellers in the gaming industry but at the same time these are games that are conveniently structured to where it's like they they want you to play for like the entire year yeah or even more with that because of how much content and literally if you want to try to complete these games they'll take you at least over 100 some odd hours which a lot of people do not have the patience to do that yeah yeah or the time it takes months so yeah um i don't know i wait and see you know they say it sounds like there's a chance we might see it uh Next year, so maybe next E3, we're, we're going to know um, more about it. Well, Probably like a, yeah, so maybe like a teaser trailer next year or something. But uh, Gable's moving on to our next topic here. So we finally, we don't do this too often, but uh, we're going to talk about a movie. Uh, yeah. we both seen the trailer for Uncharted, the movie. Um, yeah. Tom, Har- Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. And it's still funny to me that like this movie's had multiple script writers directors actors like this this has been going on for so long that yeah (laughs) mark Wahlberg was young enough he was gonna play nathan drake now he's old enough that he's playing sully um so here we (laughs) are um yeah i don't know i mean gables you know i know you're not the biggest movie guy i am i watch the movies and i'm i don't just watch movies for movie's sake i like to watch the movies i'm interested in but um what was your thoughts on this trailer okay so the overall thoughts of the trailer is is like I can understand, like, the uh, tone and feel they were trying to get with this stuff. It's like Nathan is trying to search for his uh, older brother and stuff like that. In Sam. this entire movie. Sam. Yeah, thank you. I almost... Mm-hmm. He almost freaking spaced his name. But at the same point, the overall tone and the feeling kind of had me, like, uh, kind of curious about the overall quality of the story. Because from initial onset, I don't feel like they're trying to... I really don't feel like they're trying to follow, like, say, like a gaming, like a, one of the games, like plots in that regards. And especially since they're trying to make it sort of a hybrid of, like, say, like Uncharted Three meeting like the original Uncharted sort of vibe with that type of with that type of thing, if that makes sense. Where it feels like there are some some aspects of it to where it's like a young Nathan Drake, right? 
Mm. And it's like Nathan Drake in the actual games it's themselves and stuff. He's a bit older in that like regards, you know, 30s. like maybe the He's been doing 30s. this He's been doing this like third like late 30s early 40s. Like he's been doing this shit for a long time. Yeah. And whereas like Tom Holland, you know, coming into this he's, it's like he's like what in his 20s He's or, like, 25. Like, but in the 25. movie in the movie I think he's like early 20s late teens. Yeah, you know what? When you have something like that, you know, I was kind of curious in regards to what the story would have had to initially came to. It wasn't until the end of the trailer where it's like, oh, okay, we got to find my older brother Sam, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And on top of that, I think there's one scene where he's like, he's working as a bartender, and it's like, yeah. there's like the thing with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, you know, kind of feels like out of place in this to where honestly yeah it initially feels like he was supposed to be the original like nathan drake well that was like he was cast in like one of the original scripts he was actually cast like 2008 to play nathan drake but it's been fucking production hell for so long that now he's in his 50s and now he's playing solely so when when he was originally cast he was in his (laughs) mid-30s and it made more sense so yeah but, yeah, I'm kind of interested in seeing, like, where they're going to go in terms of the initial movie itself. Because from the initial story that I have seen on top of, like, the main antagonist stuff that's portrayed inside there, I don't have a lot of good feelings towards this being a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts from Tyler? It's, it's tough. Because it's one of those things where, like, you like you talk to people, like, when they, make, when they turn a book into a movie. And it's yeah. like, you always hear, like, oh, the book's so much better. And it's like, yeah, like... You can understand because like books, you know, are hundreds of pages, you know, and like they got to like adapt all hundreds of pages into a couple hours. Um, and on top of that, you know, people have different visions of what the yeah. head interpreted from like reading in the you know, reading yeah. the books and how they interpret it in their head. And then when they see something on the on the TV screen or somewhere in the movie theaters and it feels, looks completely different than what they imagine, of course, they're going to have critiques. Yeah. You know, and like. I feel like my opinion would be a lot different if Uncharted 4 wasn't a thing. Yep. Because, like, I understand Uncharted 1 through 3 and all, and it's just, it's a fun, dumb, you know, set piece. Like, we love the characters, but the stories are never really, they're not yeah. awesome. But, like, we we love the characters because, like, the interactions, Nathan and Sully's relationship, Chloe, um, not Ellie. Um, what's Elena. The, Elena, thank you. I think wrong, uh, wrong Naughty Dog game. Um, but um, thank you, mittens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I just it's as a movie. If it wasn't called Uncharted, I'd be excited for this because I really like Tom Holland, yeah. and I enjoy Mark Wahlberg being Mark Wahlberg, um, unless it's Transformers. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, when I when I watch this and I'm looking at this in the lens of Uncharted, it's like, I don't know, it's so weird. It's kind of like the Chris Pratt thing as Mario. It's just like, I don't know how to feel because it's like, like, because it's like they're not. You didn't hire these guys to play Nathan Drake and Sully. You hired Tom Holland to play American Tom Holland. Yeah, uh, and you hired Mark Wahlberg to be Mark Wahlberg, like. Which I totally get it. Like they're big names, they're very good at what they do. I think the movie will be entertaining. I think I'm not. I don't think it's gonna be like 
oh, one of the all-time best movies or anything like that. But I think it could be a fun action buddy comedy flick, you know? Right. Uh, but I I don't – I'm not I, – I think if I can just – I got to just, like, find that way to, like, warp my head that way to, like, think of it like that. Because really, like, this movie, it's so weird because, like, like it's not taking – they're not just doing Uncharted 1 or anything like that. They're basically, like, taking moments from each movie. Like, you know, they have, it's basically the greatest hits of Uncharted 1 through 4. Uh, oh. Like, you know, like, they're, like, we didn't, Sam wasn't a thing until 4. The, yep. the the falling out of the airplane in 3. There's a boat from 2. Um, a couple other things from 1. Um, like, there's so many things they tie into. And it's it's so weird. Like, it's, yeah, it's like an origin story, but it's, like, also, like, they're doing a lot of shit that happened, like, 20 years into the relationship. And it's, like, Sully is a guy in his 60s. But Mark Wahlberg is a fifty-year-old man that looks like he's in his thirties. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg very obviously is dying his hair black. Um, yeah. You know, it's like there's not even a mustache, and it's like, you know, it's like what's great about Nathan is like we love him, but he's not a very he's not a, he's also not a good guy. He's kind of he's like not a he's not like he's a evil person. He's just like very selfish and kind of full of himself egotistical but he's like charming and goofy and got really good quips and stuff like that and like Sully just plays off him so well like kind of like an older grizzled version of him as well um so yeah I, I don't know it's just like and like when I, was, when I was talking about like you know like one through three like I would be totally more on board with this movie but it's like four like really is the heart and soul and really, really gave that franchise a heart and a soul where it's like you know, like the storytelling got so much better. They added so much more details to it. And it's like, fuck yeah. Like all it made me want to do was just play four again. That's like there are <laughs> the, the PS five version is coming out next year, early next year. I'm assuming the movie's coming out in February. So I'm assuming they're going to try to tie in the, uh, the PC and PS five versions of these games, uh, for around that time. That's, you know, PlayStation, they're making a twisted metal game. That's going to tie into the move to the TV show. So I assume that's kind of the idea, but, um, I don't know. It's just like, like I said, I think this movie's gonna be really good. Or will be good at least. Like seven out of ten fun action movie. Uh turn your brain off, have a good time. Uh which I you know, but like if you're looking at if you're going with the lens of like looking at this was like man, like I, I don't like this as because it's just Tom Holland playing Tom doing he's Peter Parker, basically. You know, shy, kind of goof awkward guy. You know, you know, and you've got Mark Wal Mark Wahlberg playing Marky Mark, and you know, I think you'll enjoy that. I think it's gonna be a good time. Um, you know, it's it's not like Resident Evil, the movie, the new Resident Evil movie that's coming out later this year, where it's like that movie just looks objectively bad. Yep. Like that looks like nah. low budget. Like this, like they like Netflix gave him a, a ten million dollars to make a movie. It's like here you go. You know, don't put a lot of. Uh, you got to blow nine of it on on the set and then you got another million to hire the actors and do the CG um, kind of shit. Like, well, this has got a big budget, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. Like I'm going to, I'm trying to be as uh, unbiased as possible, but like uncharted is one of my, you know, even before four and lost legacy was in my top 10 all time favorite franchises. Um, and you know, four and lost legacy just, bumped up a few more spots so uh it's gonna be tough it's gonna, like 
I don't know. Ever since, like, Mark, when, Mark, when, when, they, when the actors got announced, like, it totally changed my mindset of what this movie could be. And it's just like, seeing that trailer is totally changing it. And, but it's also making it a little easier to, like, kind of, you know, find a way to work your mind around it. But uh, moving on, Gables, to uh, some other news here. I saw you put this in here. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of curious where your opinion is all. Like, so there was that this big TikTok video that happened, uh, what, a couple days ago? And someone like posted like them at like a Walmart distribution site with uh, yeah. racks full of pallets of PS5s, and it turned this whole thing about like you know like some, the person said like if you can't find a PS5 this is why, and it turned the yeah. whole like thing and uh, it must and a bunch of websites have are asking the question if Walmart's hoarding PS5s. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of I've been reading a lot about it. I'm kind of like looking to a little bit. I'm just kind of curious. Like what, what was your thoughts when you see all this? Honestly, when I'm seeing a lot of this stuff, the first thought that comes to mind is like potential holiday season, like Black Friday as type of things, like a Christmas holiday type of things and stuff to where it feels like to me that a lot of brick and mortar retailers may may have been going through and like a stockpile in some bit of these consoles to try to sell like in a big old mass sort of way without like uh, scalpers getting involved with a lot of this stuff. But uh, reading into this like various thing off of like the TikTok and stuff because that's part of the reason how I like I came across this is where it's like come across a random like PlayStation thing and we'll go in through searching for news and it's like you have the suspected video and stuff literally a couple of pallets worth of PS5s like stacked on top of each other like quite honestly like a couple of Walmart workers like uh, visibly going through and just talking okay this is why this you're not getting a lot of these PS5s and stuff. I mean, literally, like, what? When you get reports of, like, over 2,000 PS5s yeah. going through in a, a distribution center and stuff like that, just just waiting and being stocked right that, you know? I mean, yeah, that's fairly noticeable, especially if, like, uh, a lot of your workers are kind of looking at it, it's like, well, why the hell are these things not going on the sales like floors? Why are they not being distributed, like, here and there, you know? But yet... When I thought about it, like, the other thing that popped up to my head is, like, well, maybe these are just a lot of, like, a lot of, like, things and supplies just in case, like, someone tries to go through and order them online or it could be some of that sort. But to be perfectly frank with you, I mean, I look back at the time that I did work at a Walmart and stuff to where a lot of the times they get their holiday stuff at least as far back as, say, like, September to where mm -hmm. they've already got their Black Friday, like, supplies and already got their things like just clearly like labeled and stuff like that and just have it separated and stuff until like around october where they start going through and get all this little plans going through not sure how to do it this time around but uh it would not surprise me at all if this was something that big name companies like walmart are doing because if they want to try to maximize the profits of say like a black friday sale or like instrument like instrumentally like introducing these consoles in store like throughout the entirety up until christmas or till the end of the year and stuff yeah i that definitely would make sense business-wise for them but on the same time it's like i mean the people online too i mean how the whole advertisements in store in regards to walmart saying that especially with my local Walmart, you know, where it's like you can't get some of these consoles in store. You have to do it online only and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I kind of feel like there is some validity with it, Tyler. What would you think? 
I my problem is there's so many what ifs to this. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, there's a lot of pallets there. You know, we're talking a couple thousand PS5s, but like, it's Walmart, and yep. it's like they're the biggest store in the country. Um, you know, outside of brick and mortar store, because if you like to want to include Amazon and shit in that, and a couple thousand to Walmart, not a lot. Like. I'm not, like, do you really want to put no. those up on two thousand PS5s on on a website? Because they're going to sell. It's the you know they're going to sell immediately. They're I mean they sell. Yeah, they're going to sell immediately if you had ten thousand. But I, it's is it even worth putting it up for two thousand? Also, like there's I have so many like, is this a hub that like the shit goes to? Right, that was never you go explained. To the other stores, like because I mean like I use I've, I've worked in distribution distribution centers where like with the with that same with that racking like. We would like, and like one of our customers, like one, one I worked at were like, we had, we, one of our customers was Mars candy. So like M&Ms, Skittles, shit like that. Right. So like we were literally, we would have pallets of candy sitting up there and something like literally sometimes you put them up there and they sit for a couple of days before they're ready to go out. Or sometimes right. like, you know, like you were saying, sometimes you get that shit in September. Yeah. Like we would put together like the pallets of like Valentine's day candies to go ship them out in December. Or like uh, in 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 August, we're getting shit ready for we're shit, getting the pallets ready for um, ha- Halloween. Like, right. Also, it's like, yeah, like I said, like maybe, yeah, like maybe they're gonna go online. Maybe you know, like, what's the point of shipping them out if like we're just gonna leave them here until we sell them and then we'll ship them where they need to go from there. Also, there's a thing called a working shortage right now, which is a huge issue where things are sitting for days for days longer because yeah. we don't have drivers to deliver them someplace um whether it's the 50 foot trailers uh fedex ups amazon speedies you name it there's a shortage everywhere has a shortage um i mean fucking forklift drivers maybe the shit's going up there because they just don't have they can't get the shit down fast enough i don't know there's so many that's my problem is like they literally could have just put those up in the racks and this guy's like i'm gonna put this video up and i understand like it's frustrating because it's like yeah like it's the most wanted thing in entertainment over the last year. Um, yep. And, you know, a lot of people are frustrated. They've been try- actively trying to get one for, f- since they went up pre-order like last September. So 13, no 14 shit. months. Like, I get it. It's easy. When you see it, it's easy to get frustrated, but it's like, I don't know. It, like in the, if they're hoarding it, it's like, or hoarding, it. unless I find out like the CEO and like all the big wigs in the company are taking those and selling them on Facebook Marketplace for a for a, uh for eight hundred nine hundred bucks a piece? I don't like. What are we actually mad about? Because not they're not just hoarding them and they're gonna sit there for years. They're gonna sell them eventually. Like they're yep. not making any. Like they're lo- Walmart is losing money by them sitting. The longer they sit there, that's less money that they're making that they can charge somebody else to take those those spots. So it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's like fake anger. Like. I understand, like, what, like you're angry, but then it's like, once, like, just think about it for five seconds, like, yeah, and like, I wouldn't be shocked, like, because if Black Friday came around, they had two thousand to sell, like, that's like, people would be more pissed off, and people are gonna be pissed off in general, but less people will pay, if they like build up stock for a few weeks, you know, boom, here we go, give people a heads up, hey, Friday seven o'clock, we're gonna have this, we're gonna stagger them out, like, and I, and I, and like, I don't know, like, people have been talking about like. You guys gotta do something about these, uh, you know, the scalpers and shit like that. So then, like, PlayStation's been doing the PS, the PlayStation Direct thing, where they're like, they're yep. sending people that have put like on that are like, 
like people like they did the same thing last year before they came out where you can pre-order one and like if you're like you, people would like be a, basically a drawing you know for playstation ps4 users get a chance to use it and they have a thing where you can sign up to be in a essentially a raffle to then have yep. a chance to buy one people mad about that i'm like well you want them to do something with the scalper because that's just fucking wild west it's open season for them so then they do this raffle system which kind of makes it a fair ground for everybody scalpers or no you know whether it's you me wanting to buy one or a scalper want to buy one we all on equal footing you don't like that either so it's like it's like well we shouldn't have to sign up to be a drawing we should be able to buy one motherfucker you they can't make them and then you get mad they're getting mad because they can't make them they're doing the best they fucking can everybody's in the best fucking can everything's short right now everything's short there's factories shut down because they literally can't make shit right now because they don't have they can't make mm-hmm. shit so they can sell the shit I'm going to rant right now. I don't even know why I'm ranting. Uh, I did have a Trenta coffee like three hours ago, so that might be why. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just there's I don't know. I just when I see this and I see people like the fucking bullshit. I don't know. I maybe it's not bullshit, but it's like there's I, I heard the same thing about GameStop. Just got a huge shipment of PS5s in this week. So who knows? Maybe and it could just be PlayStation. Say hey, hold on to these because we want to have a big blowout uh, around Black Friday and Thanksgiving. I mean, we had we just did, we just went through the same thing with Nintendo and uh, Xbox during E3, where the day after the Monday after Xbox's event, uh, they advertised like multiple stores were advertising like, "Hey, we're gonna have a ton of Series S and Xs um, yep. on Monday morning." And then Nintendo did the same thing the day after the Nintendo event. On so they had theirs on Tuesday. On Wednesday, GameStops and multiple other stores were like doing these like big like. Come here, you buy, you, you pre-order the Switch OLED or you pre-order a Skyward Sword. You get this map or you get this collectible or you give you like a, so much money or whatever. Like they had all these deals going on for Nintendo stuff. And after it's like, these are perfect. These are like things they do. These are beats they do, PR things they do to build up participation, bring people to the store, like you know, the, the bring up, you know, build up good vibes. More people want to buy these things. Like I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Like, like I said, what is the benefit of them hoarding them, like at all? Unless, like I said, the the big wigs there are literally stealing them, selling them on the bla- on the marketplace and eBay, and then putting the five hundred back and then pocketing. Like they're not doing that. No one's do- no one's doing that. Like, no. The longer they sit there, the more money Walmart's losing. So I would I would be more I wouldn't be surprised if it's just PlayStation shipping this shit, getting it there for them, and saying hold you know sell some, hold most. And then on, I wouldn't. I guarantee you, Nintendo and Xbox are doing the exact same thing. Like Probably. this is what they. This is it's a strategic thing for sales. This is what it is, and, when, and they want you to go there to the stores to buy these things so you can buy more of the things they want. So, and I'm sure if the PlayStation found out, they'd be pissed off because if anybody cares about scalpers, it's obvious it's PlayStation because people scalpers buying PlayStations does not make them any money because every time they sell a PlayStation, they lose money because it's cost them more than five hundred dollars to make one. The only way they make money on people buying a PS5 is by buying games for PS5s, and they can't buy games for PS5s if the scalpers are hoarding all the all the PlayStation. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't mean to go on a rant there, Gables, but it happened. I apologize. <laughs> but you, you know, I, I, I'm due for one rant every couple weeks, and blame the two Trenta coffees I had this morning. Uh, my heart is blaming me right now for for it. So, um, but Gables, it's moving on here to my favorite. Uh, topic every single month. We got a good one this month, Gables. We got a pretty good yes, one, I do. think. Um, a lot of new games came out. We're we're in that season now where games are coming out. It's a good time. Um, 
but uh, we have our MPDs for the month of September. Why is my computer being stupid? I apologize. But a couple of uh, cool things came out of this year, I think, uh, is, you know, Nintendo Switch has had the record for um, most months being the highest selling console uh, per in dollars, not individual sales. Um, at 33 straight months of being the number one console sold, that streak is finally ended. Uh, in September, PS5 overtook them. Um, and I don't know. I, I talk about this, I've, I've talked about this multiple times over the, the course of that, really the last year. Where I, I think Switch is doing well. I'm not like super duper well, obviously. And it's, this isn't even me taking a shot or trying to like, discount what the Switch is doing. But I think that probably would have ended last November if yep. Xbox. They would probably have been third every month for the last year if it wasn't for the the shortages we were just talking about. So I think all three would be selling gangbusters right now. If all three could just be in, you know, out there, we'd be able to buy them. But, um, where the fuck is going? Why? Oh, I don't know what's happening right now. Gibbs. I apologize. <laughs> Why is my oh, son of a bitch? Why is it like this? I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. Oh my God. There's a fucking ad popped up. God damn it. <laughs> For some reason, my link is taking me to a different thing here. You're just trying to pull up the whole NPD. Yeah, stuff. what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> I apologize, people. Bear with me for a minute. So, yeah, so we had the, the streaks over. I mean, Gables, what, what's your thoughts on the uh, streak being broken? Honestly, honestly, as far as how much like successful Nintendo has been with the sales of their Switch and stuff like that. I mean, it had to happen eventually where one of the other consoles was going to go through and sell extremely well in terms of the month. And uh, I honestly thought the PlayStation 5 would be selling more like months prior and store like and stuff like that in order to take over in regards to like a monthly sale thing for the Switch. But it just tells me that there are more PS5s going out there into the wild and stuff to where people are purchasing a lot more of these systems and stuff that made it the top selling system of that month, especially with the month of September. Hmm. So if honestly, I just felt like it was kind of overdue. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but then again, having like t- over two years of straight dominance in terms of like console sales, you know, I mean, hell. <laughs> yeah, almost three. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible streak. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about it every month. We talk about MPDs when we we look. And it's like nine out of the out of the twenty games, or ten of the twenty games, or fucking Nintendo games. Usually, multiple are in the the top ten. And I, I think that I think this, they're going to start a new streak in October with the OLED coming out. I wouldn't be surprised that's right. part of it too, where people aren't buying switches um, in in September because it's like, well, I'm going to try to get the OLED. So it uh, could potentially be it. Honestly, I don't know if this may be like a gut feeling or something, but this may be like a sign of potential like switch fatigue, you know, in that regards, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you we seen like the OLED numbers in like Japan and Europe. Like, yeah, we got to like they're selling like crazy. I don't think it's a fatigue. I think it's just like, you know, the, the place. Like I said, I think switch probably would have been in third place the last month, the last year, uh, but still doing super duper well. Um yeah. Maybe not as well, but we'll be doing extremely well, um, you know, if it wasn't for the shortages that they are right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, a lot of months where uh, things are, you know, bouncing around where Xbox might be one, 
number one, then PlayStation will be number one, Switch will be number one. I, I see them for maybe the first time in a long time where we're going to see these companies kind of ping-ponging around between first and second and third place. Um, but I do, I did find, find the list. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so a lot of new games. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine brand new games um, on this list. So pretty, pretty wow. cool. Um, yeah, it's an awesome time of year. So we're going to see a lot of new stuff here. So uh, number 20 here, uh, we have Mortal Kombat 11, 19, Modern Warfare, finally dropping down. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we got, I think, 19. Yeah. So I think we got two. I wonder if we're going to have, that'd be incredible what Call, uh, Call of Duty comes out next month. I wonder if we're going to have three Call of Duties in the top 20 next year or next month or in the November MPD. Sorry. Well, it definitely. It definitely is possible. Yeah. I mean, with it being dropping down from 12th to 19th, maybe it's kind of, you know, that one's falling out. And then Black Ops will, will be the, the other one that's like in the the teens. So, um, but anyways, here at 18, Animal Crossing New Horizons, 17, Smash Bros. Ultimate, 16, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 15, brand new game, WarioWare Get It Together, which this is wow. the second best start ever for a WarioWare game. Behind only uh, Warrior Wear smooth, smooth Moves, Smooth the Moves, easy for me to say, um, which is actually, um, so both were $50 titles, yep. um, but uh, I think what's interesting is the uh, the Wii Smooth Moves came out the January after uh, the Wii came out, so two months later, so I think that was like, I'm not too surprised that, you know, it, when I found out it was only second, I thought for sure um, Get Together would be number, like would be the, you know, would, you see like all the other ones, like anytime a new franchise, like they're shattering the old records, like Pikmin and all those games. Um, I wonder, you know, I think when two months of the week came out, people were just desperate for games to buy. So I, I could see why uh, maybe that's the case. Um, Minecraft at 14, Sonic Colors Ultimate on uh, 13. Uh, Diablo Prime Evil Collection is 12. Um, so for some reason, there's two Diablos in here. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think one's a special edition of like Diablo two, and yeah. then one's like something else probably. That, that's well, I think like the Diablo Prime Evil Collection has like three in it as well, but it's weird. Like usually they just combine yeah. all those together. Like you're not like there's three different versions of Far Cry six, but we're only going to see they're only going to count it as one. Yeah, so that's it's, awfully strange to have like two separate entries and stuff where it looks like it's basically the same game, not not named Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I mean Pokemon I guess counts each one individually. So. Um, 11, Mario Kart 8. Um, interesting enough here, Gables, no Nintendo games in the top 10. Probably the first time in a long time that's happened. That's a hell of a long time. We've not had a single Nintendo game in the top 10 of the NPDs. Yeah. Um, the number 10 here, brand new game, Black Mesh Strange Shoe Colors. Uh, best first uh, launch month ever for a uh, Life is Strange game. Be fair, though, Life is Strange 1 was a $20 title. Uh, uh, Before the Storm was 15 Life Strange 2 was 40 and this was 60. So, yeah, yeah take that with a little tiny grain of salt, but I, I think it probably did its best month for sales, too. Uh, number nine, Miles Morales. Number eight, uh, Ghost Shima. Number seven, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number six, another brand new game, uh, Deathloop. Number five, another brand new game, Diablo 2. In there twice, though, so whatever. Uh, number four, Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. Pretty shocking. Number three, NBA 2K22. Uh, number two, FIFA 22. Number one, in Madden NFL 22. So three sports titles. Um, the top in there. Madden was number one last month for August, and once again for September. No real surprise. It's typically the case, but uh, 
you know, FIFA and NBA debuting at number two and three, respectively, this month. But, I mean, Gables, what's your thoughts looking at this top 20? Well, first and foremost, yeah, no Nintendo game making it into the top 10. That's fairly surprising. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, you have, like, a lot of major games releasing at that same time period and stuff. I mean, with uh, the Diablo 2 remaster from Deathloop and stuff, and especially Wario, let's see, WarioWare's, WarioWare's get, get together. together. Yeah. Then, of course, Tales of Arise, I mean, that's the biggest surprise of it all, because this is like a JRPG that, uh, by Namco Bandai and stuff like that, it kind of surprised me at its placement, because it being number four, I mean, you don't see a lot of uh, debuting JRPGs, mm-hmm. not like, say, unless it's like a main title game in an established like series Fantasy already, or like, yeah. like a Final Fantasy, or like a Pokemon, or whatsoever, but Tales, the Tales of series has been around for a hell of a long time, too actually, since, like, the uh, Super Famicom era. But uh, with this latest entry, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah. I have a friend that's absolutely wild, loves loves the story and the gameplay. It's supposed to be fairly replayable, too, for a JRPG standard and stuff. But uh, I, thought it, I thought the most surprising thing at all is, like, the top five includes, like, three sports games, a JRPG, and, like... Uh, <laughs> God, what is that number five? Uh, Diablo two, a remake. A remake. <laughs> yeah, we just basically got like sports games and RPGs in like the top five and yeah. stuff. That's that's fairly funny in my honest opinion. Yeah. But uh, Tales of Arise is the biggest surprise in my honest opinion. Yeah, that's awesome because it's like definitely like Tales. I know like I you know I loved it back in like the GameCube era. Like obviously Tales of Phonia, like a lot of people. And even though what's the one that was a, a three sixty like early exclusive. All right, so the 360 year exclusive you're talking about is uh, Tales of Asperia. Yeah, Asperia. Like I even like I even enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, with that, that was like one of Troy Troy Baker's first games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that, that's pretty cool. Like I know I've heard like a lot of people talking about like uh, a lot of people felt uh, falling off the Tales games over the last you know decade or so. Like a lot of just kind of churning them out there, kind of like basically just the fatigue of the franchise, and they kind of like had to take a step back and totally like this is like a, almost kind of like it kind of like it sounds like to me it's kind of like that pokemon x and y kind of like thing where like that was like the one that brought a lot of people back and really kind of like was like a big uh breath of fresh air big boost to bring you know bring some excitement back in there so it's awesome that and it sounded like the reviews have been great for it and it's awesome i mean it's awesome it's selling really well and it's awesome that being number four and a pretty packed month is awesome um yeah i mean death loop number six that's cool It's, it's only on pc and the playstation consoles so uh, being number six, I mean that's I think that's probably gonna be uh, a lot of people's game of the year. Probably gonna be the, it's almost for sure gonna be one of the finalists at the video game awards for game of the year. So number six, that's awesome. Um, Miles Morales still hanging there, at number nine. That's awesome. I mean that's like that's basically like the Mario Kart eight of the PlayStation Five. Where even though it's on PS4, a lot of people just when they buy a PS5, they get like Miles Morales is like their go-to game. Um, I'm really excited about Life is Strange. Obviously, it's one of my uh, it's on my short list of game of the years this year. Um, you know, being being number ten, that's incredible. Uh, being its best launch ever is awesome, especially with you know Deck Nine doing it. Um, even though I know they made before Storm, but they're not. You know, it's not Don't Nod. So uh, that makes me very happy. And once again, reviews are doing really well on that one. But yeah, it's interesting. Only four uh, Nintendo games in the list. You know, like I said, normally uh, we have eight or nine, but like I said, I think there's one, two, three. I think it was eight or nine. New game, so something's got to fall out to get those new ones in there. Um, yep. And, you know, 
like you know, Switch wasn't number one this month, so probably I wouldn't. I wouldn't like I said, I I, feel, I have a good feeling that um, a lot of those Nintendo games could jump back in there. Possibly, I guess. Well, maybe October was a pretty crazy month for games, so maybe not. But I don't know because uh, you know a lot of people are buying Switches uh, this month. Um, whether it's a lot of people that already had a Switch are buying Switches again, or new Switch owners, I don't know. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was kind of shocked. The biggest shock to me, outside of Tales of Rises, WarriorWare being number fifteen, like. I feel like that's that's good for WarioWare, but that's low for Nintendo. Yeah, like where we've seen a lot of like like Luigi's Mansion selling almost ten million copies, Animal Crossing selling almost forty million copies, like uh, Pikmin Three is sold over three million copies. Um, Metroid Dread's probably gonna break the record for most copies of a Metroid game sold sold, which is shocking, like two point eight million. Like that's a good chance of this year probably breaking that. So. Um, I don't know. I thought I was kind of shocked to see how low it was, but I mean, I know the reviews were mostly positive. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't. Maybe Gable's on or something. With maybe we're on. We're at that point of like a little bit of fatigue on Switch stuff. Um, That's yeah. what initially I was thinking about. Not just in terms of like the sales in that regards, but it feels like to me that we're. I, even though it's a year into the life cycle of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S, we're seeing signs now the potential like uh, beginning of like the strain, if not fatigue, of Switch-related stuff. Potentially like uh, games. I mean, hell, this is the first month that I can remember that we didn't even have a single Switch game in the top 10 of an yeah. NPD sales thing. And that's due in large part because there were multiple games that are supposed to be fairly good that released in the month of September. I mean, the NBA 2K like 22 game is supposed to be a damn good iteration this year. I mean, Tales of Arise, that's definitely a game that uh, people have been clamoring about. Death Note is, I mean, not Death Note, Death Loop has gotten like plenty of praise in that regards, even despite it being advertised to death yeah. leading up to its release. Yeah, right. But uh, it's historically, Tyler, let's think of it this way. Even in the past generations, whenever we've had like Sony and Microsoft release like multiple different like great games on their platforms and stuff there would be some nintendo games and stuff but they would pretty much be delegated and stuff where you'd have a lot of the mainstay like uh, games like especially if it's like a first party content and stuff would be selling fairly well you know on the npd stuff yeah i mean to be fair like mario kart was 11th yep uh and the and the top 10 has six brand new games madden and call of duty so yep uh and it got you know, the only thing he got beat out by was Ghost Shima, which just at the, the expansion and the director cut at the end of August. And then, like I said, Miles Morales is the evergreen title for PS5. So those are the now ones that beat it up. So no shame in that, really. It wasn't like it was a bad month and it, they dropped. So Now what's going to be interesting to see is with uh, this month's NPD stuff, if we're going to be seeing a surge of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate yeah, sales DLC. go up as yeah. a result of the last DLC character, Sora, being released. Yeah, possibly I can see that. I I think it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's number seven. It dropped from eleven to seventeenth uh, for this month. Smash Brothers did. So I mean, I can right. see it jump back up there. Uh, it's gonna be interesting because you know we have a lot of these games. Like, uh, you know, like I said, there's nine new games here. Where will those games be next month? Uh, I right. imagine Madden, FIFA, NBA are gonna be in the top five or top ten at the very least next month. You know, we have Far Cry, Alan Wake, um, Gardens Gal, excuse me, Gardens of the Galaxy. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few other ones as well that are, that are coming this month. The House of Ashes, but I don't think that's going to be 
Uh, Wouldn't it be something to see Metroid Dread like within the top five, though? I think if Metroid gets in the top five, uh, that would. I mean, that's you. You're a ten million seller. I really like right there because you're you're going like like I said you're like you're going up against like I said I think Madden, FIFA, and NBA will be in the top five uh, for right. sure. So that's only two more spots. Uh, I think. Well, I think Far Cry is going to be in the top five. Um, right. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. I that's think it definitely would be uncharted territory for the Metroid. Franchise. I feel like if they're in like the top seven or eight ish, uh, that is a huge win for Metroid. But I, I, I think it's going to be tough because, like I said, you have a lot of big AAA games, a lot of big, huge franchises um, that just came out or just you know coming out. And I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of it, like just breaking that down in my mind, like. I think Tales, Diablo, Deathloop, um, those are all going to drop, I think. I think they'll be in the top 20, but I don't think they're going to be in the top 10 next month. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that one. These are always my favorite times because it's like that, this holiday season is always my – like holiday and spring when spring – like the, the, our early – like next – next uh, the first quarter of 2022 is going to be nuts as well. So I think the next six months of MPDs are going to be pretty fun. Uh, cause we're going <laughs> to see some interesting stuff here, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, that's why I always love MPDs cause it's always, they're always pretty exciting. Um, but Gables, me to jump into, we have a decent amount of, uh, quick hitters, um, kind of like shorter, shorter stories here. We're not like things that are like interesting things to mention, but not a lot to, not a lot of context to add to them really. Um, but a couple of delays we got here. So we had, um, Eldering got delayed to February 25th. It was originally, mm-hmm. Um, oh God, it was like the last, it's like the 26th of January. So basically four weeks got delayed, uh, and advanced wars, uh, one and two, the reboot, uh, was supposed to come out on December 3rd is now being delayed to spring. So not even a date, just we have a quarter, which Nintendo is very lenient, uh, on when they say quarters, because sometimes they'll say spring and release it in June. Uh, sometimes they, they'll say summer and release it in fucking September. So who knows? Like what spring means to them. Does it mean March? Does it mean June? So there's a big gap in there somewhere what they mean by that. Yes, but we do know like for both Elden Ring and for like the Advance Wars reboot 1 plus 2, I mean, both games are benefiting from delays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm definitely not a complaint. I mean, like, am I bummed about it? Yeah, because I was super pumped, but it's like, obviously, I, you know, I mean, plus it's, like I said, I have a big backlog of games right now. Luckily, after um, really th- this month, like I don't have a lot coming. Like Forza is like the one game I'm looking forward to, and then the rest of the year is pretty empty. So I'm gonna have, so it's gonna make it easier for me to like balance shit out. And that's not, this is one less game I have to worry about. So hope well unless it comes out in the first quarter, like March of next year, where everything's fucking coming out apparently, because everything has to come out in February and fucking March for some reason. It's either holidays <laughs> or February March. That, that's it. That's the game he wants. Fucking no, my luck. They're gonna put Batman and fucking Suicide Squad in there too. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Elden Ring doesn't do much for me. I feel bad for Horizon because it's getting, you know, they can't escape it. You know, they came out the week before Breath of the Wild and Switch, and then this time they're coming out the week before fucking Elden Ring. So, just, <laughs> I know, right? They just need to figure it out. Like they just need to like, si- like fucking silently launch it. It's like we're not gonna tell you when it's coming. We're gonna let you know, but like. We're not telling you when it's coming. We'll just put it out. One day you're just gonna wake up and it's out. That's what they're like. 
all right, guys, there's nothing coming out. people would lose their minds. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we just need to, like, all right, guys, all right, nothing's coming out for, like, three weeks. Let's just drop it now. Drop it now. Now. Hit the button. Like, that's <laughs> what they need to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, God damn it. Fucking poor goddamn. Like, I don't care about Ellen Ring, but I just feel bad for them. I don't mean, anything else you want to add on those ones? No, not really. Okay. Uh, Xbox is doing a uh, 20th anniversary broadcast on November 15th. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary, obviously, of the uh, Xbox console. Um, they said it's just going to be a little, like, little mini thing they're doing here. Uh, they're going to have some updates on a few games. Like, uh, I think they're going to have uh, Sobo is going to be there with, with some Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator stuff um, and kind of pushing some uh, the new updates that got coming out. Uh, they said they're not going to announce any new projects or anything like that. Uh, it's more so just like, I think it's going to be more so like the, the, they did like the, oh, fuck, what was that called? What was the, the one they just, we had the opening night live for uh, back in August, the Xbox oh, event. What's boy. that? God damn, what's the Gamescom? They had the games, Xbox had a Gamescom event back in August. Um, they had like the the E3 ex- Xbox extended event the, the couple days after E3. I think it's just going to be more of that. They, uh, they did say that like, yeah, don't expect too much. Um, I, I don't think they. Yeah, I'm, I'm just double checking here. Yeah, like, I mean, it's the week after Forza. Um, you know, it's a few weeks before um, uh, Halo. So I don't know. I mean, Gables, what, what kind of was your anticipation with all this? Well, the anticipation of the, like uh, this event, I feel, is kind of fairly low. But that's only because I'm not really expecting a lot of big things to come out of it. I may expect potential like uh, release windows for some games to be unveiled, but uh, at the same point, it's going to be pretty much the same stuff we've been shown before in previous events. That's what my initial take is from yeah. this uh, this anniversary announcement. Yeah, uh, yeah, like so. I'm about the same. I think the big, like the probably the most hype thing that could happen is like maybe we finally see the Halo campaign because we haven't really seen it. We saw like. Over we saw like a year and a half ago, and that's where everybody yep. lost her shit, and they delayed it. Um, so maybe we see it there. Um, I, I could see like maybe some like the FPS boost announcements, and maybe some Game Pass announcements. Um, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see like anything we're gonna like fucking lose our goddamn minds over. But I mean, hopefully it'd be cool. Uh, I won't complain. I'm, just, you know, it's cool they're doing it. I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's gonna be a fun little look back at Xbox, and I think that I think that in, in itself will be exciting. Um, and that controller looks PQ, um, the 20th anniversary one. Uh, but uh, moving on here, so God of War 2018 is officially coming to PC. I think we all kind of knew this was happening. It's coming January 14th. And kind of an interesting thing they announced, I think the most interesting part to me anyways, they announced about this, is that they announced that they've sold over 19.5 million copies of that game. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. I, I figured it was in the tens, you know, maybe you know low teens, but... In fact, they're pushing 20 million. That's like Spider-Man territory right there. Yeah, it that's is. a pretty good year for. Absolutely. I mean, I know that's. You know, I mean, they ain't Nintendo numbers, but that's, you know, for, uh, for I'm sure like, that's great for any game. You know, uh, obviously, I, I don't think there's too many games out there selling that number. So, you know, like I said, like Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man 2018 is the best-selling PlayStation exclusive ever. So, I mean, I think in the combined sales of Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2018 are, are over 25 million. So. Maybe in that territory of just being, you know, that's that's incredible. So this will probably this will definitely put it over the twenty million mark, and I think it's awesome. Like you know, there's a lot, you know, obviously there's the fanboys out there losing their goddamn mind over all of these like Uncharted and all these games coming to PC, but just more people playing the things you love, which that's yep. awesome. It's my favorite game of all time. Uh, 
makes me almost wish I had a $25,000 PC so I can play it in its all its glory. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you gonna, are you going to buy this on your PC? Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm just, I know you're joking with me yeah, on this shit though, but uh, at the same time, and it's like I I'm gonna finish it on PS4 eventually. I mean, come on, don't don't tease I mean, me. I got the goddamn game in my system. <laughs> That's a good step forward. Yeah, yeah. He he's installed it. We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Moving on though. So GTA Collection. We talked about this. They officially announced a couple weeks ago. It's worth kept secret in gaming because they keep fucking leaking it um it's officially coming out we got a date november 11th oddly enough though you can buy it physically on november 7th um so i think one's the anniversary of one uh, the seventh is the anniversary for one and the 11th is the anniversary for another probably though they just want wow you know, fucking double dip and buy it twice is what they're doing um i think the the official what they said is uh there's gonna be, there's coming also to ios and android um and also there will be a ps5 and uh a next gen version but i believe those are getting delayed to early next year so you'll have that um but if you buy like the ps4 and xbox uh one version you get the free upgrade to the next one it will be 60 dollars, but it includes three vice city and uh, san andreas they did a lot more to it where like they've totally fixed the shooting they fixed it so like uh the biggest complaint of a lot of these like sandbox games uh in this generation where you had to uh if you failed the mission or died you had like Whatever you were at the be like the lat when you die, like you have to restart the whole checkpoint. So you might have to drive twenty minutes to get to the next to get to like the location of like where the where the uh, quest was, and then to redo it over again. There was no like retry thing at all. You just so they fixed all that. So you're not like you're just if you fail the mission or whatever, you can just retry reboot. You put you right back in the same spot. Um, it's gonna be sixty frames per second on the uh, PS PS4, Xbox, PC, blah blah. No, they didn't say though on Switch, so no word if it's gonna be thirty or sixty. Uh, it's totally. Um, I mean, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't look like a twenty twenty one powerhouse, but I, I would say we found the gameplay we did see though. It looks markedly better, uh, way more than I thought this thing would look when I heard they first announced it. I thought maybe they just like make it look yes. shinier, but it looks a lot better. Than the fact that they done like they've really done a lot of like. You know, quality of life stuff too is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. What's your thoughts on this, Gables? I thought it was interesting the amount of detail and a lot of uh, depth that they have actually gone into to change a lot of the core mechanics. That let's be perfectly honest, though, was pretty damn awful back in the day. And that is in terms of the aim and aiming and shooting in regards to the GTA games. The thing about the GTA games and stuff, they had open world stuff that was fairly that was fairly fine and stuff. Story. The story elements and stuff were pretty good comparing, like, uh, according to, like, uh, the various games and stuff. I didn't really go in-depth with a lot of the story missions in regards to the original trilogy of, like, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. I know all three are critical, like, games and stuff, but what really got me out of the experience was, like, the big old gripes in terms of driving the cars and stuff, which were fairly garbage. Back then, aiming and shooting and stuff was kind of wonky, especially inside of a third-person sort of action-esque type of way and stuff. But a lot of that stuff's been addressed in these remasters. And considering they're touting now for, like 4K, 60 frames per second, and the games literally look like cel-shaded, like almost like cel-shaded-esque type of remaster, reskins and stuff like that with a lot of added benefits and redone 
graphical stuff. They look fairly appealing. And what's most interesting about it is they're coming next month. I mean, yeah. this is like only like a couple of weeks away, which that's a big win for Rockstar yeah. right there. Because it's like you got not only for the main consoles and stuff, and we've heard maybe a possibility of the games, this trilogy come to Switch, but at the same time, there hasn't been really a concrete fact that's confirmed it. No, they've said it. They just don't have it. They they just haven't given us details on how it's going to run. Okay, so the details of how it's going to run. So this is probably going to be one of those things. There's going to be a staggered release like other games, third-party games that have come onto the Switch. But even so, you know, it's like a portable, the portable trilogy on your Switch on the go. That just sounds crazy to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I've seen two complaints about sixty dollars, but I'm like. I feel like it's three. These are three, you know, pretty popular, really good games, uh, and they've done a lot of work to make them look better, run better, and a lot of quality of life. I I feel like you know, you're looking at twenty dollars piece. I think that's a pretty good deal. And if you don't yeah. want to buy this thing, um, San Andreas part of it is coming to Game Pass on day one, and Vice yeah. City is coming to PS Now uh, in December. So there's <laughs> if there's a cheaper way of like if you have Game Pass. You can play a San Andreas day one if you want to. If you have PS Now or you just want you just want to play Vice City, wait a month. You can play it on. You can play it on PS Now. So um, that's pretty incredible yeah. too. I think that's pretty weird, but pretty cool. Where they're that is weird. Yeah, it's yeah. like Vice City's on one and then San Andreas is on yeah. the other. Well, just the fact that they're doing they're putting them on these things, but only get putting one of them is. Well, I think it's cool, but it, it's definitely weird. Um, I, yeah, it'd be like if I, it's, it feels like almost like a Kingdom Hearts thing where it's like we're not going to give you. We're gonna give you 1.5, but I, we're not even gonna give you two. We're just gonna give you one from 1.5, <laughs> like, or we're gonna, like we're gonna give you five. We're gonna give you Kingdom Hearts 2.8, but we're only gonna give you like one of the games kind of shit. I don't know. It's Oof. just very weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cool though. Uh, next up here we have state of we have a state of play from PlayStation coming October 27th. It's gonna be about 20 mm-hmm. minutes long, and they're gonna be focusing on third party stuff. So I, I'm I don't know. I mean, hmm. I am not. Kind of like the Xbox thing, I am not expecting my skirt to be blown up at all, or like any big, huge, you know, uh, hype, awesome, like break the internet moments. Um, I think it'll be just like a lot of updates on our games. I'm sure, like we're gonna maybe see some more trailers. Like um, I, always, I cannot for the life of me remember the goddamn name of this game, the Hyperlight Drifter game. It just got delayed from the 26th. To Solar th- Ash. Solar Ash. Wow, I totally spaced it. Um, thank you. I like Stray, the cat game, Solar Ash. Um, I, there's oh, God damn it. Well, if we're thinking about if we're thinking about third party stuff, I mean, there could be a potential thing showing from like Square Enix, you know, for updates. Yeah, I mean, there's like the Final Fantasy 16. That's a good point. Like that got revealed last year, and they did a big mm-hmm. fucking blowout of gameplay. Like it's a whole long trailer, and it's supposed to come yes, out in 2021, did. and they've never officially delayed it. Obviously, I unless they're shadow dropping it. Uh, which I, which I, that would be entirely weird because that's yeah, Final never Fantasy, that. and you don't you don't shadow drop yeah. a Final Fantasy game because that's not going to be a good game otherwise. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> not good signs anyway. Yeah, I mean this is a weird one. I I don't I'm not expecting much because place like I've always talked about like when PlayStation a lot of video companies when they have these things they do a really good job of keeping expectations in check. Um, you know everybody does it except for Nintendo. Um, so. I don't like I said I don't, I'm not expecting like these holy shit moments, like but it's possible. I mean we've had like these yes. third party focus ones before. We got Resident Evil Three out of it, uh, revealed out of it. So 
I could see some stuff happening potentially, but I don't expect nothing. Plus, it's October. This is like outside of Game Awards, this is the time of year when this shit's winding down, and we're just focusing yep. on getting games out instead of announcing new ones. So I can, yeah, I, I just think we're gonna have a lot of updates on stuff, maybe some dates. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, pull over, pull my truck over on the side of the road to watch this thing live. One, this will be like. I'll avoid the internet watch when I get home kind of thing. What about you, Gables? Yep. That's going to be the same reaction, like, for me as well, unless something very vital happens inside the inside of the state of play. I mean, I don't have a lot of expectations for it, honestly. It's the same thing with, like, the Microsoft one for their anniversary event, where this thing's like a showcase of third-party games. There are a couple things that could be addressed, but at the same time, it's like, it's going to be one of those type of state of plays. Is I'll, I'll try to catch what I can... What time is this thing initially starting now? Um, oh, I think it's uh, two o'clock your time, so four. Okay, o'clock so two o'clock my time. So it's, I probably am not going to be able to even watch remotely any of this until I get home. Yeah. So, so I, I'm happy though. Yeah. It's late enough in the in the day where like I can at least like not completely avoid uh, like YouTube and all that shit. Like I always hate the ones right. where it's like seven in the morning my time or nine in the morning. It's like God damn it! It's like I can't even like go on like YouTube and like watch a video on my lunch. Cause I'm going to fucking get spoiled. Uh, so yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I hate I, those moments. <laughs> yeah. So, the later in the day, the better. Um, but, uh, last up here on our, uh, kind of quick hitters here. Um, uh, so Stardew Valley, uh, creator is next game was officially announced. It's called the haunted chocolatier. Uh, yep. he, it's basically, this one is a, you're, you are running a giant chocolate factory. Like it's Stardew yeah. Valley, but like he, you're running a chocolate factory instead. Which, kind of like a Willy Wonka. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's incredible. Um, I don't think he gave us any dates. It's literally just like uh, no. we got a trailer with some little bit of gameplay in it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Gables, like, what was your thoughts when you saw this? To be perfectly honest with you, I was surprised it was a stealth drop by the by the dude because for one, it's like he had been teasing that he had been working on a game and stuff for. Uh, a while now, but initially seeing the overall impression of uh, the chocolatier and stuff, it's as pretty essentially nearly like the same in terms of graphical fidelity as like Stardew Valley, but at the same time, it's more focused in regards to running your own chocolate factory, doing this, doing that. Multiple multiple platforms were announced and stuff, but this is definitely within the within like the starting stages of this game, so we're probably not going to see hardly anything else from this game until maybe late 2022 or 2023. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. I, I, I like the, yeah, man, that was like, man, let me tell you, it was uh eight year old Tyler uh, running a chocolate factory was like my dream. You have no idea <laughs> how I'm like, man, when I grow up, I just want to be Willy Wonka. Uh, the, I, I would definitely be that fat kid that falls into the chocolate river. Uh, every day I, I, and I get stuck up the fucking tube. That'd be me all the goddamn town. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's not my bag, but people love them and it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's kind of like the, um, I just spaced the fuck it. What's the, um, the one that's like the earthbound type game there by Oh, eastward, not eastward. No, 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 no. The, it just got the, the two free updates. Oh, it's undertale. Undertale. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like right. these two games, like I've like in my mind are like kind of twine where it's like, it's like a single guy making, making these games. And I mean, they have a huge fan base. So 
it's it's cool. Like they're they're you know still out there and there's still excitement for the next. It wasn't like these aren't like one. They're not one hit wonder kind of people. Like people are excited for the next one. Um, yeah, uh, that is it for the news. Um, a lot, like I said, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, but yeah, a lot of cool things happened except for the goddamn Advance Wars. <sighs> Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Uh, outside of Guardians, that was like my most anticipated game for the rest of the year. Um, but uh, moving on, to what we've been playing. I'm just gonna go real fast. Gables. Um, okay. I played like an hour, 45 minutes or so of uh, Far Cry 6. I don't want to okay. jump into it too much uh, because like my plan is to just kind of get out of the tutorial section to get to like the meat and potatoes of the game because uh, like this is like my big game I'm saving for Extra Life. So I just kind of want to get the story and all the like the tutorial stuff out of the way so like I can like everything's open for me and I can just jump in and play the game. But so far it's, you know, I'm 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 really liking, um, you know, the main villain, uh, like in the little bit of, like the little bit of interactions I've had with them, um, you know, the 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 world, the island you're on looks beautiful, looks stunning, looks really good. Uh, I have not got my alligator or my little cutie do- cutie pie dog yet, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's more it's more Far Cry, which for better or worse, that's what it is, and I'm excited to play more of it. But that's that's all I've been playing. What about you, Gables? Well, good, good. I've been playing two games this week. One is continuation from last week where I was playing a bunch of Castlevania like Advanced Collection. Since then, I had completed the second run-through on Magician Mode for Castlevania Circle of the Moon, but last week, not not last week, but like last Sunday, I started Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. I'm nearly done with this game, right? I'm nearly done. I'm towards the tail end i got like maybe a couple more bosses to face but for castlevania harmony of dissonance this is like the first game that was taken over by uh koji garashi who was the main like uh, kind of producer director of like symphony of the night this guy like you could totally feel like the amount of influence that went into this game in terms of like the quality in terms of the graphical fidelity and also in terms of like the uh and also in terms of like the gameplay stuff has evolved to cir- as uh, differentiated and stuff from like Circle of the Moon. Because one of the main critiques back in the day for Circle of the Moon was it's like it was too dark. <laughs> Quintessentially it was too dark. Think of it at this time. This was like an early Game Boy Advance game and the Game Boy Advance did not have a backlight when it first launched. It wasn't until the SP came out a couple of years later that people could actually play Circle of the Moon, like, uh, with a fully backlit light and stuff, instead of, like, going underneath a lamp. I say mm-hmm. that because I did that a lot as a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 13-year-old Gable's trying to play Circle of the Moon on his Game Boy Advance and not able to see a lot of the things on the screen because mm-hmm. of uh, how dark the damn sprites were. Made it very but... difficult to pretend like you're sleeping uh, when you're, like, when you're, you know, your parents think you're sleeping because uh, you got school in the morning, but really you just want to play video yes. games. But then you're just like trying to hold like the flashlight to play the game, but you don't want to see to see the light through the door. Ah oh, man, that, the SP, <laughs> oh, oh man, game changer. Go ahead though. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. But uh, as regards to Harmony Dissonance, this was the game that released a year later after a Circle of the Moon. The graphical stuff, it's bright, it's vivid, it's colorful. The amount of detail in sort of certain sceneries like certain environmental pieces inside Dracula's castle while you're terrain it. It's interesting because 
you know, the game itself, you know, from today's standards, is not going to look as great as, say, like, any type of modern, like, sprite-based game. But at the same time, I think graphically it looks better than, say, Circle of the Moon. Gameplay-wise, music-wise, I would not say it's as strong as Circle of the Moon. But, yeah, especially the music. Holy shit. There is, like, maybe a handful of tracks inside of this game. Inside of Harmony Dissonance, I do like. The initial starting section and, like, uh... There's this one sort of, like, lower terrain where this, like, water, like, uh, this whole water section is and stuff where the music from that is very, like, like, heart pumping, very, pretty cool in regards to the whole thing it's presented. It's, like, an area where there are a bunch of these, like, mermen and stuff where you face off against this one boss is like, a giant merman and stuff like that. But uh, other than, like, sections like that, there are plenty of tracks that are either forgettable or... In the case of, like, this cavern section, it's just completely repetitive, and you just want to stop listening to the moment you, like, enter into the section. It's like, why the hell was it? I know the Game Boy Advance did have a limited set of, like, uh, like uh, Megabits. sound pool in that regards, but at the same point, there were better soundtracks for Game Boy Advance games at that time that were introduced, you know, but... Uh, Gameplay-wise, this game, it's alright. I feel like the game, in and of itself, the gameplay is alright and stuff. You get to control the grandson of Simon Belmont, which is uh, Juiced Belmont. So, quintessentially, you have a traditional whip. You actually have access is to using... Is he like a very certain... muscular version of Belmont? No, actually. He's not He's not like a very muscular version of yeah. like a Belmont, no. He's more or less... He's more or less sort of like a... Like almost like a magic user, besides uh-huh. like using the vampire killer whip and stuff like that. He uses like uh spell books. So he's more he's more kind of feminine kind of looking, but at the same time, you know, it's it's type it's kind of like in sort of like Japanese like uh animation and certain like story where sometimes the men may look a little bit more feminized than what uh that uh you know, in terms of like certain male characters as regards to say like in the some character designs in the US and stuff where if you're going with a man stuff normally like back then and stuff it would have been more machoized or like more like presented of such a way but uh for a juiced belmont it's like you use spell books and they're all different types of elements like you'll have a book that'll conjure fire spells or wind or ice or electricity based upon and these are dictated towards like what type of sub weapon you got so, for say, if you have the dagger sub weapon and you team with fire and stuff, it does one attack. But if you equipped it the same dagger and stuff with, like, say, a like a uh, the wind book or like the electricity book, it's like there's different types of attacks based upon that. So instead of having like a card based sort of system like you had with Circle of the Moon, it's more or less interchanged with the spell book sort of stuff. And honestly, I've been going through the most. I've been going through the entirety of the game so far with just the Wind Book and the Holy Water because when you do the the uh, special attack in terms of that, it's like a hydro storm sort of like uh, rain that falls in the sky and just def- takes out a lot of enemies in regards to the whole terrain of the uh, panel that you're on. One thing I've initially have discovered while playing through this game is when you do certain attacks like that, it's supposed to cover the entire screen, but it only covers like a certain distance. So there will be enemies sometimes that'll pop out of screen and stuff, not suffer any damage whatsoever, and they'll come back in. And you're like, I just, I just executed this special attack. You're supposed to be dead right now. 
But, uh, no, the boss battles are fairly interesting. There's a lot of them. Honestly, there's a lot of fluff interchange, like, just inserted into this game. Where it kind of feels like, to me, that the... That there should have been some bosses that should have been cut out, in my personal opinion. But uh, the initial boss battles that I've had so far have been interesting. The first one you come across is like a giant bat, right? To where it's sort of like a traditional sort of Castlevania boss battle things where you'll have a cluster of bat, like a, like a bat boss of some form. So this one is like more or less reminiscent of a one traditional like Castlevania one boss that was called like bat company or like the giant bat or whatsoever the hell bat it's basic company sorry it's basically a cluster of it's basically a horde of bats that come together to create one big old vampire bat and so it's like you have bosses like that you have certain like gigantic like armored like uh, undead warriors and stuff for bosses there's like a devil boss or something like that that just flies around the stage and stuff and shoots these various laser beams and stuff like that to try to like take out a certain section. Some of these bosses are fairly straightforward. Some of them are kind of like obscure and stuff. Like you'll have a golem boss and stuff where you have to chip away at the clay like uh, armor that he has to get to the core. And then there was this one boss that's just there's these. Uh, this one boss that appears twice, right? It's called Legion. Obviously, Legion in terms of Castlevania games, it's like a mass of like un- this mass of like bodies or something like that that interwovens itself inside of like this gigantic ball that floats around, screams whenever you hit it and stuff like that. I mean, the first boss battle is unnerving enough because inside of the first Legion boss battle, it's called like uh, Legion Saint. Which you have, like, a whole bunch of these bodies and stuff. You hit the big old like, ball and stuff like that. These bodies are falling off. They'll do this and that. They'll try to crawl towards you to try to take you out and stuff. But the whole the whole aspect of it is you're trying to chip away at the core of it. Because it's supposed to be, like, a rotating kind of, like, mass or something that shoots lasers and stuff out to try to take you out and this and that. But when you go forth later in the game, you get to face... You get to face the undead version of Legion, which is called, like, uh, the Legion Corpse, which is a gigantic, like, ball of, like, uh, skeletons and stuff like that. But instead of having, like, a big old laser beam type of thing at the core, like the previous thing, there's just, like, one core center, and it's just, like, a skeleton that's just, like, hanging out like this or something like that. It just opens up, kind of like a clamshell and stuff like that, and... That mixed in with the environment to where you have, like, a portal or something that's open in the background and have all these, like, these little, like, corpses or something like that with blood dripping and this and that. It's, like, it's fairly detailed in regards to the amount of uh, attention to detail that the artistry, like, the graphics crew did in regards to the sprite work of this. It looks fairly fantastic in terms of the amount of storytelling that's going on behind the scenes like, inter- just interjecting itself towards, like, what's happening on the screen itself. So, yeah, that was one of those boss battles that I've had in a long time where it was, like, fairly unnerving, you know? It was, like, kind of uncomfortable trying to fight this thing because it's, it's like, uh, it's doing what it's supposed to do, right, though, but just uh, un- kind of unsightly, but I think it was pretty much the intended purpose of, like, uh, you kind of feeling unnerved when you go into this boss battle because you don't know whether or not you're going to go forth and defeat this thing or do this or do that. But it was a recurring theme for Harmony of Dissonance so far in my playthrough where 
I would notice little details of this. I mean, get this. It's like there's one section inside of the castle where you come across this statue, right? This half statue of a woman. And she's, and she's like, have this, like, kind of like almost a, like a uh, sleeping sort of expression, right? But, uh, you see like a little, like a thing of liquid come from her eye, right? And you think, oh, okay, she's crying something, right? But it's like a red droplet. It looks like a thing of blood that's coming down her eye. But at the same time, that droplet drops onto the ground and it forms a blood skeleton. (laughs) And here's the thing. It doesn't do one. No, you can actually get swarmed by about five or six of those damn things. They keep on coming at you because they keep like uh, respawn a certain amount of like sprites at a time. I absolutely love the attention to detail about that. I mean, that outshines what the musical work went into that stuff. But yeah, the boss battle's been fairly memorable. The attacks and stuff are fairly fine and stuff. But the amount of fluff I was telling you about has to do with uh, the different type of castles and stuff in this game. Because, get this, you not only have to explore like the castle like A and B... You know, there's basically two castles, right? One's a transient one, one's the real one, and stuff like that. But the map system in this game, where it's like you have map for, like, one castle and then the other, and then all of a sudden the third one is, like, A plus B, so that way you can figure out, oh, okay, which sections have I traveled through both times, you know, from both castles combined, you know? And so the whole goal is to try to get 200%, right? 100% castle A, 100% castle B... That'd be fairly fine if not the, if not some of the sections would be a little bit more interesting to try to explore. There are certain enemies that repeat themselves, different color variations, different shaders and stuff. But uh, I think I've spent close to about eight or nine hours playing this game over the past week. I have enjoyed my experience, but I do recognize that it's not as like I don't think it's as like memorable as say like Circle of the Moon in regards to its impact that I played originally. And I'm trying to get through Harmony of Dissonance so that way I can complete the whole thing I want to do. I may do a second playthrough in regards to play as Maxim. But uh, I want to get to Aria of Sorrow because that was the my favorite one of that Game Boy Advance trilogy. Ooh. It was the favorite game I had for the Game Boy Advance growing up. But uh, the other game Gales, I, that I, I pl- One second. I just got to ask a question. Okay. If I, yes. You're talking about this, this bat boss battle. It got me thinking. What if yeah. if I trained a bunch of bats to play instru- instruments and, and sing and they I, I created a bad company cover band called Bat Company, would you go see that concert? <laughs> well, it'd be fairly entertaining, I would say that. I, Especially a, with the one bat trying to play a cello. I would be all I would yeah, oh my god, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I can see his like little wings like hey. holding it with one wing and like doom, 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 doom. I'm all in. I, I want to. Have, I'm, I'm gonna go. There's. I see bats all the time flying around my apartment complex. Uh, I'm gonna go catch them and start training them tomorrow. <laughs> I'll how it goes. Oh my gosh, that mental image is actually getting me pretty tickled right now. <laughs> I got some good ideas once in a while. They only come at one in the morning, apparently. Okay, so get this. The second game is a game from a series I've never played before. So, I went on the PSN. They were having a specific sale of a bunch of different games, and I decided to purchase a collection of sorts. 
and I downloaded the first game, and I played through, and I actually delved pretty deep with it. Yakuza Zero. Oh shit! Okay. So I've had a fair interest in regards to trying out a Yakuza game. So I want to see. Okay, what's the good entry point? I looked at the sale. There was one going on for the Yakuza Origins Collection, which included Yakuza Zero, the first game, like a Yakuza Kiwami, and then Kiwami Two. Downloaded it. I started playing Yakuza Zero at midnight a couple of nights ago, right? Like about Wednesday or Thursday. I'm like, you know what? Before I even powered on the, the booted up the game, I thought to myself, you know, I'm probably gonna go down a damn rabbit hole with this. And sure enough, as soon as I power on the game and I take control of like the main character, like Kiryu and stuff like that, immediately it sucks me in with the story with it. Because it's a crime, it's almost, it's like a freaking crime drama, right? But it's structured like a JRPG, but it's a beat-em-up game. Hmm. And so you're going through various aspects, completing different side quests, and like, doing sorts of various activities. What's hilarious is like, uh, it you play as Kiryu, you're part of the Dojima family, and stuff alongside of like, one of your other like, uh, friends that you met over in, at the orphanage and stuff, and the main guy you're trying to clear the name of, Kazama or some of the sort, I think, uh, yeah, his name is Kazama, and uh, you have to try to clear his name with the, like, uh, Dojima family. So, in order to do that, you have to try to, dis- you, tr- you have to try to figure out who was the killer behind, like, uh, this particular person that you met inside the alleyway, right? So, but essentially you were doing a mission, right? Where you had to rough up some, the some dude and stuff in order to get, like, collecting money for this broker. And so what happened was, you finished, you finished the job, right? You leave him laying, you didn't kill him or anything, and then you go back to the broke, you were met with the broker and stuff, you were given your cut of the pay, and all of a sudden, you go back, you are pretty much chilling with your friend and stuff like that, and then you see the news bulletin and is that same guy that you were shaking down end up getting killed by a gunshot. But here's the thing. You didn't have any guns. You didn't do that. You just rubbed them up with your fists. And so this whole aspect of the story is you trying to clear like your mentor's name as well as your own name based around who killed that dude and stuff like that. And so all of this story stuff interwoven in on top of everything else that's going on with uh, Yakuza 0. This is definitely one of those games where, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole. Because, for one, the initial gameplay is pretty fun. It's pretty simple. Straightforward. There are different types of skill trees based upon for certain fighting stances that you got. Which, uh, there's like a brawler, and then there's like a more quick one, like a uh, almost like an all-around sort of thing. How you invest inside of upgrading your skill tree in this thing is based upon the money you earn by like random battles or from doing this or doing that side activities. So I've already like gotten quite a bit like filled out so far with uh, the brawler set. But let me tell you something, Tyler. It's like the side activities of this game, they are surprisingly fun. Yeah. Right? There, I spent my time. Later, like, uh, earlier on this week, when uh, I had, like, a few hours to kill, doing some side quests in, like, Yakuza 0, there was one in regards to, like, uh, this 
boyfriend that's concerned that uh, his girlfriend was like uh, like selling herself or something for money. And what ended up turning up is what ended up turning it into was like here are you going through discovering that there is this like these high school girls are trying to like sell off their underwear or something like that in order to get like uh, in order to try to get like some form of, like money in this and that and stuff like that. So you have to go forth and try to deter all this stuff from happening and stuff like that. And these sub these like uh, side missions can be fairly memorable. In terms of, like, not only the scope and scale, but what you go through and decide for your, like, uh, dialogue options and stuff. So you have that, but then you can go to other types of, like, uh, businesses and, like, buy certain foods and stuff. You can go to this this karaoke bar, right? Like, I go to the karaoke bar the first time. I go through ordering an omelet, and I notice, oh, there's a jukebox right there. I can select my track. Let's see. And uh, I can select, I can start singing, right? And so... I pick a couple of different tracks, and they're basically, you match the icon that's on the screen, so similar to that of, like, a Parappa the Rapper, or, like, uh, some of the Persona games that I play. And uh, what's hilarious about it is, like, you could actually sing. It's, like, it's so out of context, but as you're going through, like, the initial starting up a song, there's, like, graphics flashing the background of you, like, just exaggerated, like, decked out in, like, this attire and shit and stuff, and you're, like... Uh, for the first song and stuff, you're dressed up like this bandana and everything else and shit. But uh, the song selection is hilarious. So you can actually go through and have different react like like different types of like support things for other people that are singing, like lively interactions or like more scripted interactions and stuff like that, more basic. But I'll tell you where the meat and potatoes went through this week, Tyler, and uh, it went towards me going into a Sega arcade. Oh shop and going over to a claw machine <laughs> so in this game you can go into an arcade shop you could try out some of the games it actually has a full playable arcade version of space harrier inside this arcade which i tried out there was this claw machine right i'm thinking okay well, well let's let's spend a couple of bits of money right here and go with the claw machine about an hour later, I had freaking emptied the entire thing of, like, the prizes of the claw machine. Because it it definitely reacted like an actual claw machine. Bullshit and all. Hmm. And I'm like, no. No, you are not taking advantage of me this way. I'm getting all this shit. <laughs> and I fill all my inventory slots. They had to get rid of some stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Instead of item boxes. But Yakuza 0 so far has left a good positive impression. I really want to get back more into it because this crime drama type of setup alongside the the silly bullshit you can get yourself into, the side activities, the main missions, the side missions, the combat. It has that sort of blend which I'm not used to where it feels like a open world that I want to routinely explore and get things going and seeing how deep this game goes. Like, I've heard these type of games, like these Yakuza games, can, you could easily spend like over 100 hours playing because of all the side activities and all the other shit that comes up. But yeah, it's a, it was a, definitely a pleasant surprise trying this out. Nice. Very cool. But other than that, that's what I've been playing. Very cool, man. There's a, the Like a Dragon ones on Game Pass. I've been wanting to play yes. that one for a while. So. Right, that's a good jumping oh, on yeah, point, too. So. It's fairly good yeah. from what I've been hearing as well. Yeah, I heard it's really, really good. So uh, that is all my to do list as well um but guys it's gonna wrap up for this week so thank you so much for listening uh if you like this show uh check us out we're available on every everywhere where podcasts are available uh, just look up drunk Dash podcast 
uh, Twitter, Facebook, we're on there as well. Look up the same thing. Uh, go to these places. Please uh, like, thumbs up, five stars, reviews, comments, shares. Shares are the big ones. Do those all those places. Uh, in the show notes, if you look, you'll see a link uh, A link to, uh, it's called Linktree. It's a website that we use that puts all of our, puts links to all of the places we're available at in one place for you. So go there, uh, just click on, click on your favorite platform and you can, uh, follow us on there, review us, please. All those things would be awesome. Um, extra-life.org. If you want to participate or know more about extra life, do that please as well. Uh, but once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables until next time, everyone play some games. You actually enjoy make sure you have some fun with your life. And most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun filled episode of the drunk dash nerds podcast. And thank you. Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.